the whole key is not being tied to the outcome. If you're tied to the outcome, which is what your commission, right? You're paying bills, right? Then you just don't work good at all because you're working for the wrong reasons. You're, you're supposed to be, when you put your clients before your paycheck, your business will like explode, explode. Welcome to Building Bigfoot. Uh, I am excited to introduce Wendy Goss. Wendy Goss is your real estate boss. She is awesome. I've known her for a few years. I feel like I've known you forever. And she is, she's, well, she, you're one of those people that like, you you somehow, you get to know you and then all of a sudden you find, you're like, you got a place in your heart, if you know what I mean. You're, you're just you're just one of those people. You're, you're a very rare, rare breed. and. Uh, so I really, really like Wendy, and I think that uh, you are a aspirational human and an aspirational businesswoman, and you are building and doing very well. And you've been in real estate now for almost two decades and have built an awesome business. You've been a broker for 10 of those years. You've been through the entire journey. So without further ado, welcome to Building business, uh, Bigfoot, the podcast about building yourself and your business profitably and having that best life. And so, Wendy, why don't you introduce yourself where you are today and then we can go into your story and uh, and some of the background. Okay. Um, well, right now I am sitting here in my office working at EXP. <laughs> so, um, uh, like like Jonathan was saying, I I definitely have ran my own bro- brokerage for ten years, but I just came over here less than two years ago and um, decided to do more. You know, so I've I've always been a top producer. Uh, work my butt off selling houses. And I just kind of figured that's what I would do for my whole life. And, you know, after selling houses for two years, you get tired, (laughs) you get tired. Right. So I started thinking, okay, well, I definitely don't want to be doing this when I'm 96 years old. So, um, you know, what can I do to grow without, making me triple my hours and triple my workload. Cause right now I already work, you know, probably a little bit more than most because <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so when I, when I heard that EXP had, um, a number one retirement, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should listen. I had a 401k, um, that was at 22,000 that I worked on for 10 years at my own brokerage, right? I can spend that in a weekend on Jeep parts. So um, so I decided, okay, maybe I should listen, right? And then they started talking about how you can have stock. And if you're a top producer, then you get your cap back in stock. And I've been here uh, less than two years and my stock account's already over 100,000. And I've only put 55,000 of my own money into that. So um, so that's pretty exciting to me because, you know, me being a broker, I was making a hundred percent. So why would I want to give me XP my money? Well, now I'm over a hundred percent and not only am I building, um, my retirement up, but I'm also building my organization. So as a broker, I'm only allowed to bring agents on in my area. Right. So now I have agents in almost 18 States and, um, and, I kind of just make money when they close deals, which is awesome. It's called rep share. And, uh, you know, I love it because I've been training agents for years and working with agents, making them good, making them better, inspiring them. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a techie kind of girl. So, so it's been fun. And you know, I'm working with agents all over the country now, hopefully soon to be international, you know, cause I'm a big thinker. And, um, you know, in this rev share that I'm creating, uh, just keeps coming regardless if I'm closing transactions or not. And, um, and it's willable. So like I was telling, like I was telling you, I, you know, it's not just about me, but I want my family to be okay. And my rev share is willable to my children or my husband, my family, you know, so so if anything ever happened to me, they would be okay. So now that is my new goal is to ramp this up, grow big, help agents. And I'm still helping people buy and sell. Trust me, it takes a while to, you know, um, be able to make that rev share, pay your bills. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, I'm doing both. I'm doing both. But that's where I'm at right now. And it's it's super fun. 
So, Wendy, I love that. that. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about how do you ramp up, how do you grow big, how do you build a quality life and a quality business, something that lasts and endures. And, you know, one of the, the things that, you know, I, I've noticed about you, uh, I mean, obviously, you're a very giving human being. Like, you you have this um, this uncanny, you've got a bunch of really great qualities. Number one is you have this uncanny ability to execute on things. You just get things done. And in fact, I get things done better because of literally your influence. When I see you executing on stuff, I just like, yes, let's go. And so I, I'll go back in the background. I'll get my own stuff done. And, uh, and so I, I love that. I, I love that about you. But you also have, like I said, this really giving, generous heart. And, it, it, you know, it, it's something that you've you've obviously, um, you, maybe you have it naturally, but you've obviously developed uh, to be able to, to give in an industry uh, to other agents. And this was before you were with EXP, you were constantly giving, you were just like, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing video. Hey, I'm learning with everyone else. Here's, you know, this is my ad, this is my whatever. And I think that that's, that part of you is really incredible. But then as you know, the industry is changing and has changed. And we've both been in real estate for long enough to see a few pretty significant changes. And, you know, being the fact that you started, you got licensed in 2005, you went through you know, what was arguably the biggest change, which was the 2008 um, uh, crisis. And then, you know, since then, you've probably seen technology change. What would you share with somebody who um, is an agent? I'm actually thinking of someone right now, um, but he was he was just sharing how he's 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 been feeling so overwhelmed by all the stuff that's going on in the news cycle that he almost thought, maybe I should just give up my license. And yeah, and you're like, no, no, that's not the answer. Right, because it's like the next step is not easier. In fact, it, like if you if you're in something now, there's a reason you got to it and you're doing it. So, could you share a little bit about your mindset and and how you think about events and and where that motivation comes from that you wake up with every single morning that allows you to take action at such a high level? Right. So I'm kind of that annoying positive one. Um, my husband will vouch for that. <laughs> Anytime anybody starts to go in a negative direction, I'm like, well, no, no, we're not going to try. You know, we're not going to hope. We're going to do, right? So you're going to do, you're not going to try, you're not going to hope, right? And um, yeah, and anytime anybody starts to just go into negative, I, I just, you know, I madly correct them. <laughs> I'm just like, no, not going to talk like that, you know, because number one, I don't want to be around people that talk negative, you know, because it, it's, it's a, you know, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. So, um, I want to be around positive people and usually positive people want to be around me. So, uh, every night I write down my wins and I write down what I'm grateful for. And I know that sounds corny, but I think that it's really important for us to celebrate our wins, especially when you're not feeling like a winner. You know, there's some people that don't feel like winners, but if you, if you can recognize the wins, you will get more wins. And I get so many agents on my call and they're like, yeah, I don't have any wins. How can you not have a win? You woke up this morning, right? You're healthy. Your kids are alive. You know what I mean? It's just like, you have so many wins that you don't even realize and you just need to recognize them so that you can get more wins. And so with doing that and, and, um, you know, reminding myself what I'm grateful for, you know, makes me know how, how much I really do have, you know? So when I wake up every morning, I kind of feel refreshed. I don't sit there and look at my phone and watch the news right before bed. You know, that is like the absolute worst thing you can possibly do. So so, um, you know, I, I have a little Zen moment at night and I have an even bigger Zen moment in the morning. Like I need my coffee, I need my peace and I need to, you know, visual, visualize my day. And, and there's nothing negative about me visualizing my day. It's all positive. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to crush this and I can't wait for this. Like I couldn't wait for your podcast. That's like, Oh, I can have a podcast with Jonathan today, you know? So um, some people could be like, Oh my God, I'm going to be on a podcast, <laughs> you know, but, but no, I'm excited. And, and especially when you said, I get to tell my story. I was like, Oh, I don't think I did that yet. So this is kind of exciting, but yeah, just staying positive. And I have rolled through um, many tough times in the real estate industry. And, uh, I just learned how to roll, 
through the roller coaster, you know, if you, you know, get into that mindset of, oh, I'm not going to do short stuff. Nope. I'm not going to be that agent. I'm not going to do foreclosures. Guess what? How much of the business was short sales and foreclosures a while back, right? You kind of have to, or you're not going to sell any houses. So, so I, I just, I never had that. I did short sales, did not love them, but I did them. And yes, I sold foreclosure houses, but I never stopped working with buyers and I never stopped marketing. So a lot of uh, REO agents, they're like, oh, we got bank properties. I don't need to answer my phone anymore. You know, I, I wasn't that REO agent, even though I did list for Wells Fargo, Fannie Mae, and Bank of America. Um, but no, I kept working those buyer leads that come in. Are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, let's go. There's a ton of deals out here for you. So I, I kind of feel bad that I was excited in the worst possible time for a lot of people. But, you know, it was just like, that was me and I'm here to, you know, make magic happen. And you want to buy some houses and get some good deals, I'm your girl. So, um, so my business never stopped, you know, I never stopped being good because I just, I just keep working. So uh, even now, you know, we're still doing the things. And even though I've been selling houses for two decades, I'm still making calls. I'm still sending postcards out. I'm still running ads and making videos. Like you can't not work. Otherwise you won't have any work. So I just keep going. Yeah. That to me makes tons of sense. I, I, I naturally get that. I, I think that way. And I, I think there's a, there's a natural tendency to, for some people who are, you know, you're a very empathetic person as well, but there's a natural uh, tendency for some people who are empathetic to, to want to kind of say, well, let's just, um, let's just allow the pain of the moment to exist for a while, and then I'll be ready to to move forward. But one of the things that um, I've discovered is that, and I kind of want to go on that point, which you're making, which is that you go on to the next thing right away, is that we have a choice in those moments. It's like, do I, do I, you know, sure, I can feel it for a second, but if I, if I decide to um, stay in this frame of mind? Is it is it creating energy that's serving me in the morning? Is it creating energy that's serving others? Like, what is the impact that it's having on the people around me? What, what words am I saying? What What's my mindset? What's my frame of, of, of being like that's going to uh, impact the people that I want to see do very well in life? And if, if the question is that they feel more energized as a result of that, I think that's a good thing. And um, because otherwise it can actually, people can kind of get stuck in that and it becomes a bit of a, a whirlwind where they, they, they feel good in the, in the um, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but um, in the negative whirlwind, but by doing that, they end up getting stuck in it. And then that becomes, that becomes reality to them, even if it's not real, because it's just a perception. Right. Yeah. Gap in the game. Right. Yeah, totally. And yeah. And, and so for you, uh, Wendy, where did this journey start? Like, how did you get into business or, or let's go, let's go way back. Let's start at the very beginning. Wendy, you're, you're a girl, you're growing up. What, what's life like for you? Okay. So I grew up in a small town in Oregon, uh, not even on the map, um, right by Crater Lake, Oregon, uh, it is a national park and gorgeous, tons of trees. Um, but yeah, my town had no stoplights to a couple stop signs, very small, narrow roads. You know, we had like a bar and a post office and a school and <laughs> a gas station, you know what I mean? So super small town. And, um, you know, I wasn't great in school. I definitely loved playing with my friends and partying more than anything in the world. <laughs> and my parents knew nothing. They, they didn't know anything. I knew everything, you know, so I was one of those horrible teenagers. And um, I, I feel bad. I really do. I really feel bad for my parents because I was a terrible child. <laughs> but, um, but I graduated. I, I think they like literally graduated me just to get me the heck out of it. <laughs> my principal didn't like me either. But anyway, so um, I graduated and I didn't go straight to college like some people did. Um, I decided my, my car was packed and I headed to Sacramento and I'm going to, you know, live the dream. <laughs> and, 
And that didn't last long. I got in trouble there. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I haven't been like super successful my whole life. I got in a lot of trouble there. Anyway, moved back ho- home for like maybe two weeks because my dad's like, you have this much time and you're going to start paying me. And I'm like, ah, well, I'm not going to pay. I don't want to live here. So anyway, so I went off on my own there and, um, and we started, I started building my family. Like we had my son there. Uh, I ended up going to college a couple years later, um, probably 21. 21, I started going to college. I got my AAM business and um, love computers, love computers and uh, got a job at State Farm. So I was, I was an insurance uh, rep and, and it was funny because they were on these old computers, you know, and they were just like, oh, Wendy, we need help with this. And I knew everything about computers and Windows and, you know, Word and Excel, and, like making fun stuff. Like, you know, then their computers didn't do anything fun like that. So I made uh, our boss, like, get me a nice computer <laughs> so I could do fun stuff. Anyway, and so I, I was there for, I think, four years. And then I had my daughter. And, uh, I could not like leave her. So I started up a daycare. <laughs> I started up daycare and so I could be home with her because, you know, I could not, not work. And so here I had 12 to 15 kids at one time. I don't even know how I did it. Like I must've been medicated, but they were like all eating at the same time. They were all sleeping at the same time. I was really good at it. I was really good at it. I don't even know how. And, um, anyway, and then my sister lived here in Las Vegas and she's like, you know, you should just come out here. I think you'd love it. And so, so we did, we, um, we just made the move, moved to Vegas. And I was like, okay, this is not too bad. It was kind of scary. Like I, we don't drive on the freeways unless you're going to California from Oregon. Right. So there was no, yeah. And here you're on freeway after freeway after freeway and merging. And huh. anyway, so I did cry a lot in the driving part. And um, anyway, but now now I'm pretty good at it. I, I learned from all these crazies over here. Uh, but I, while I was running a daycare in Oregon, I decided to be a medical biller for a chiropractor. So I did that while the kids were napping. And then after that, and then on the weekends. So uh, when I moved here, I decided to put my um, daughter in daycare and work for a chiropractor. So I worked for him for four years and, um, and it was awesome. Um, but when we bought our home in Henderson, I was like, wow, that guy just made a lot of money. And like, he didn't even do anything. <laughs> it's so funny that people don't think realtors do anything and they just make a lot of money. So I was like, I'm going to do that. So as I was working 60 hours a week at the chiropractor's office, I went to real estate school. I showed houses on my lunch hour, after work, on the weekends, and until I could go full-time. And then uh, I decided to go full-time and and then I opened up my own brokerage. So um, yeah, that was pretty much my journey to real estate. And I just freaking love it. I love helping people buy and sell. I love helping sellers, you know, get top dollar. I love being creative with my marketing and um, being creative with buyers contracts and negotiating and getting them good deals and, and getting their closing costs paid, you know? So, I mean, I just, I, I love helping people. So I guess I landed in the right spot. Yeah. I think that's a normal, a normal journey is, is it's like, maybe not everybody's journey is going to be the same, but it's, very unusual for somebody to find that like right spot right away. I was actually just saw a guy who's in marketing and he's um, he's now moved into a teaching career, but for marketing. And he was talking about how that is really his perfect spot for him because he was always the guy doing the marketing as far as uh, creating the creatives and the, the media and, and everything. But it's that journey of figuring out what is that spot for you. You've, you've obviously been everywhere. So I, I didn't know you were from Oregon. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I, I, it's cool that you grew up in a small town. I, so I have a funny story. My, um, when we first moved to Canada, we moved to a small town, same sort of thing, no stop signs. Uh, the town had like fewer than a thousand people and it was a farming town, which means like 
it's in Saskatchewan, which is like sort of very flat, lots of um, uh, prairies. As far as you can see, like you could send your kids or your dogs just running for miles and you could see them because their head would be moving. <laughs> and you just that disappear. That is so funny. I loved it. And my mom, she, uh, when we, we came here, she had to get her driver's license in Canada, but coming from South Africa, you drive on the other side of the road. And so she did her, her driver's test and, uh, she, you know, the end of the test, she says like, how did I do? And the instructor says, you did great. Uh, you did everything right, except you did the entire test on the wrong side of the road. (laughs) And that just shows you like how quiet, of a yeah, town there's was. no traffic coming the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and no stop signs, right? Right. <laughs> so there's that just like, um, oh, it's so funny. Anyway, so she had to do that again. Uh, she had so many funny driving things. Like she got a, like a name in that town, small town, but she made her name. Uh, in the winter, because it snowed, um, she hadn't like figured out that there were, sometimes there'd be a, like a pylon or like one of those concrete barriers between parking spots. And so she she took her car and she literally like rammed the snow hill and went right over one and drove like successfully onto the other side. <laughs> and then she found out, oh, there's something in the middle. She <laughs> thought it was just snow. Uh, yeah, she's she's funny. So um, so you so you grew up from small town, then you went um, and you kind of went through some you know lots of journeys. Uh, getting into real estate, like, was it immediate success? Like, how did you, uh, how did you build your business in the beginning? Well, that's funny. I know. And everybody's all work your sphere. Guess who my sphere was? My sphere was all of my chiropractic patients. (laughs) Those poor people had to listen to me talk about real estate while I was doing ultrasound on their back or taking their x-rays or (laughs) <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I worked the bathroom, the front office, the billing, like I kind of did everything there. Um, and, and my, my doctor was super cool. So he would find me in the filing room and he's like, Mindy, we have patients. And I'm like, trying to close the house right now. <laughs> you know? So he knew I was working while I was supposed to be working. So that's very nice of him to let me, but, um, he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> But yeah, that was my, that was my book of business were my patients, you know, cause that's, that's where I was 60 hours a week. Right. And when you're seeing a chiropractor, you're there three times, three times a week, you know, for four weeks and then two times for a couple of weeks and then one time. Right. So I like was best friends with my patients and I'm like, why would I not try to sell them the house? So yeah, that's where I started. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't big on social media, which is, uh, shocker, right? Um, I never had a MySpace account and, um, I was pretty scared to get a Facebook account, but getting a Facebook account has changed my life. Like I know all my friends from back home. I can see what they're doing, you know, like, and then I connect with all of my sellers and buyers. We are all friends, you know, and, and agents across the country. It's just, it's just amazing. Like, I don't know how I don't know how people did what we do back then without all this fun stuff. No, I, I agree. And Facebook is so powerful. I use it um, for the same as you. I, I love to stay connected. So when I go traveling places, you know, when I was a, a, a teenager, I went to uh, Switzerland and then France for uh, a while. And well, I met all these really cool people, but then I come back and you think you're never going to see them again. But then, you know, I forget how many years later, but then Facebook comes along and now all of a sudden I can find them and be friends with them. And that was, that was such a neat thing. It's such a powerful way of staying connected with everybody. It it really is. So, so then you're, you're building your business. This is 2005. And how long did it take you until you were sort of, you, you were like, okay, I can do this. I can go on my own. Right. So, um, well, obviously about eight years. It took me eight years. And, and it's funny that I wanted to open my brokerage so I could be full service for my clients and do property management. (laughs) That was a shit show. Um, property management is terrible. (laughs) It is definitely not for me. I feel like you have to have a very, um, hard heart (laughs) because, you know, like the seller, 
or the owner doesn't want to take care of something, you know, they don't want to pay for it. They want to make the tenant pay for it. The tenant doesn't want to pay for it. So I ended up paying for so many things just so everybody would be happy, (laughs) you know, and that is not the way to make money at property management. When you literally, I was only making like a hundred dollars a month on that property, but I was losing so much money just trying to fix everything and make it go away so I could move on with my happy life. And, and then I ended up in a courthouse, uh, with a couple that were not paying, you know, and one was a veteran and one was in a wheelchair. And I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? This is not why I decided to join, you know, be a realtor. You know, this is not, this is not me. Like, why am I kicking these people out of their house? This is terrible. So, um, so I, I actually got coaching from Tom Ferry, uh, back then and, um, Yvonne, she was amazing. And she was like, okay, first of all, that property management needs to go. So, and, and I built a book of 50 properties like in a year, you know, <laughs> cause I was like, oh yeah, cause I was selling to investors. Why am I not managing their properties? So uh, I took that book of business, I sold it to another property management, and my life has been happy ever since. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, for managing 50 properties, you have 50 owners, 50 tenants, and 50 HOAs up your butt every month, right? For five grand a month. When I could sell one house and wake, make way more than that. So <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, Kudos to the people that do property management because it's it's hard and terrible. So um, anyway, so so that's where I went with that, and then um, uh, that's why I opened my brokerage. But then I was like, okay, well that didn't work out. But all these agents want to join me, so I had twenty five agents that wanted to join my brokerage as soon as I opened it. So it was kind of crazy. It was like 50 properties, 25 agents. I'm still helping people buy and sell. I had to try to be a broker and, you know, look at people's paperwork, make sure everybody was doing the right things. And it it was really hard. And my sister, um, she's amazing. And she, uh, she's been in retail over 25 years and her, her company shut down. It was like Bloomingdale home store. They shut their doors. And she's like, okay, I'm retired from retail. I'm going to help my husband with his business. So she kept asking me all these questions on how to market. And And I was like, okay, obviously you have a lot of time and I don't have any time. Do you want to come help me? And so she started taking on little things for me uh, to help me out. And now we're like full-blown partners. She is um, amazing. And she's been with me, I think, over 12 years now. And she does everything I hate doing and I do everything I love doing. And so we're kind of yin and yang, which is funny because, you know, we fought so much growing up and we are complete opposite. But I think that's what you need in your business is complete opposite. You know, because if you are a super organized, detailed, oriented, taskless person, you know, you probably need to be doing this, this and that. But if you love people and helping and communicating and negotiating and, you know, doing all the fun stuff, then here, here I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so she has been like huge. So, so she came and saved me. Um, when we got rid of the property management, she stepped in, she was helping with the agents, doing all the transaction coordinating. And I was like, oh, finally, okay, I could go back to selling houses. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's been a pretty amazing journey. And, um, my dad moved here from Oregon too. So he helps me with my properties and, uh, you know, he's been a a contractor over 30 years. So guess who gets to help me. (laughs) So we do some, you know, renovations. Uh, we have a concierge service, you know, for some of our clients you know, to get their houses looking really good so that we can market it and get them more money. Um, no upfront expense to them. So we've been able to do that and just uh, like build through escrow. So, um, so yeah, it's a little family business. Everybody has just been super supportive and, you know, helping me grow and they're growing too. So it's awesome. 
you you dropped a bunch of nuggets in there as well that I think are worth uh, digging into a little bit. One of the things that you talked obviously is the um, the power of of working in your strengths, and you've got so you, your sister's working in her strengths and you're working in yours. And I, I work with my brother too, so I yeah. totally can relate. And you know, he he's he's got incredible strengths in in areas where. I don't. And and so it's like we can really work well together because that's part of it. But then we also share core values that are the same. And I think also because we are, you know, we've we've had like we were brothers. So like we would fight it out growing up all the time. Really? And <laughs> and I think you get into that, you know what I mean? Like so you just trust each other. Like you you're used to like like there's there's many holes in drywall and you know there's stuff oh, right. like we would deal with things right and Terrible and then oh wait you guys probably didn't hear yeah. <laughs> no we didn't do that it would be more like more punching and like but we'd we'd get over it and then and then you deal with it and you move forward and so in business it's obviously a lot more um uh, civilized now but like we can <laughs> we have no problem like being really like clear with each other like clarity is not a problem for us so we're really open and honest with each other. And also we share core values and, and he's like, because of him, who, how he is, he's, he's great at like challenging me to be a better person every single day. And hopefully I'm able to do the same thing from him because we both have, um, we have shared circles and different circles and then shared things that we're learning, but different things. And so he's constantly bringing stuff that he's learning and I'm bringing stuff that I'm learning and we can talk about that. And I think that's really powerful, but, but as part of the, the thing that worked really well for us early on, is we found out that we had different strengths and and really it was just competencies. Like it was like Steve's got certain competencies with um with the books and and Excel and all that stuff. And and my background was way more in um in marketing and and development and coding and I could I could handle that stuff. So so naturally it it worked really well for us. Um but I think that really often a lot of people will get into a you know, uh, a profession or into a business and they'll start off and then they'll start following what they think they should be doing versus the thing that they're really best suited to do. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about that and how, like, is real estate something where it's just like you, there's one way of doing it or can it be catered to you based on your strengths? Right. So, so yeah, that's so funny because I just, I just went on a motorcycle trip this year and I listened to four books. Uh, one was winning. One was 10 X is easier than two X game changer, right? Gap in the game. Yes. And such uh, a good, and yes. two not how, right? So I was able to listen to all of those in one week on my motorcycle. Cause we were traveling and, and I, I, I sent these books to Joanna, my sister. And I was like, okay, you need to, re- you need to listen to these and we're going to talk about them when I get back. And she's like, okay, I'm a little busy, you know, trying to run the show while you're out there on your motorcycle, but I got this. So anyway, so she listened to them, and which is always really good because you definitely want to be on the same page. So when I came back and I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we need to focus on. And, da, 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 da. and, it, and it's funny because I start working on stuff and she goes, really? Is that really what you're supposed to be working on? And then she refers back to the book that I made her listen to. <laughs> and she's like, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to find a who for that. You know, you're supposed to be doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. You know, so it is good to have someone put you in check, you know, because you know what you want, but when you're a creative person with ADD, like, and a lot of freaking energy, you know, you've got to be, you know. This is what you need to be doing, you know, and it's super hard for us. But now that she knows what I really want to do, she kind of makes me do it. So I'm not sure who the boss is here. (laughs) But but in real estate, it it is super important um, because I I see agents out there right now. And I used to be them. Like I was writing my own contracts. When Joanne goes on vacation, you should see me. I'm like, oh my God, I have to write my own offer? What? Okay, hold on. This may take a while. But it's kind of funny because agents are out there and they're showing houses and they're looking up gate codes on their phone. You know, who, what am I doing? I'm calling Joanne. What's the gate code? Why don't we have a gate code in my calendar? Blah, blah, blah. And she's, so she's like looking things up on the fly. Like if someone says, hey, what about that house over there? She's looking it up like, 
we're just kind of a team out there, you know? And literally my buyer has an offer in his inbox to e-sign before we even, you know, are done shopping, <laughs> you know, cause we are Johnny on the spot and we are going to get our own winner first. And, you know, she's like, let me know what you want me to say in the email because, you know, try to like smooth it up and make sure that our stuff gets accepted. But there's agents out there doing all of it, you know? So when, when my buyer, um, picks out the properties, you know, so say they heart 10 properties, that's how many they want to see. Joanne is checking on offer status. Now there's only six, right? So she's checking on offer status. She's sending me everything to print. She's mapping it out. She's putting it in my calendar. Like I literally just go and get to do the fun stuff. And, and I just don't even remember what it was like back then. So I see agents doing that and I'm like, Oh, you really need to find a Joanna because it is life changing. So um, because it's hard, it's hard work. I remember I was out there, I'd take the contract with me, you know, it's like, okay, whatever one you're going to want, we're going to write here on the kitchen table, you know, or on my Jeep. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely can go either way. It can be done. I did it by myself, you know, for eight years, you know, and I was pretty, pretty darn successful. But, uh, when you're talking, you know, closing 20 deals and then closing 60 deals, right? Don't you think it's worth to find someone to help you with that? Uh, absolutely. And like an assistant, I think an agent, like what you're describing, it really applies to any business, any industry, because I, I think when you get into it, you you start to do those those responsibilities without really thinking about the fact that it's now removing you from the stuff that you could be doing that is not only within more of your strengths, but is more high value. Like if you meet with a client, that's way more high value. If you meet with somebody who's going to become a client or you're looking at a listing or you go through a presentation or you have an appointment or, you know, that's something that transcends business in any business. It's, right. um, and then if you can find somebody who is really complementary to your strengths, so they help you stay really focused. That's something I, I think that people that do that, I didn't know that you were doing that, but it makes so much sense, right? Because you're so productive. I know. And everybody asks me, how do you do it all? I don't do it all. I don't do it all. I, I don't think I, I would think I'd be a little crazier if I did it all. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I still get a good amount of sleep at night. Yes, I do wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning because I have a road construction uh, wife life. But, um, you know, hey, I love it because I love waking up before the world does, you know, so that I can get things done and have my mindset and do my morning and get my workout in before everybody starts asking me questions. So, um, but so how many, how many hours of sleep a night do you need? Uh, I'm, I usually make no sense at like seven thirty PM. <laughs> so but <laughs> I, I usually pass out about eight and you know, we're up anywhere from two to three. So yeah, three is sleeping. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> I need I need more sleep. I need um, pretty consistent. I'd say if I'm if I'm really consistent, eight hours would be perfect. But being the fact that my sleep schedule is not super consistent, I need sort of like nine because then I have that like, oh window gosh. to fall asleep or wake so up. Much. That's so much sleep. I know it is. It is right. And um, it's funny because I, I I'm always curious because there's like some people out there like yourself or other like Marcus. We know you know, guests don't need much sleep and, and you, and you're thriving on it. Six, you know, if, if I, uh, when I was doing 75 hard, like I was up going to the bathroom every freaking two hours. Cause they make you drink. So yeah. Much Cause you got to drink four liters of water a day. Oh yeah. my God. So, um, so yeah, that was, t that was a little rough, but yeah, if I, if I don't like right before bed, then I'm fine. I, I'll sleep a solid six. Like you could literally rob my house and I would not wake up. <laughs> I sleep very good. <laughs> that's amazing. Maybe that's the, that's the secret. And it's so interesting. Yeah. You get less. So if you try to get more, you get less. And that's, a, that's my thought process. But I used to be a night owl and think, oh yeah, this is my quiet time. My kids are sleeping. You know, everybody's asleep. It's time to work. I didn't really get very much work done in, and Yvonne at Tom Ferry, this is, she was my coach. She's like, Wendy, why are you so awake at two o'clock in the morning? Like, you're not getting anything done. You need to wake up earlier, but I can't sleep. 
I, I like to stay up late. It's my time. Well, watch the like, get up earlier. And trust me, you will go to sleep earlier. So she did this to me. She did this to me. And I was like, all right, if I'm paying for coaching, I may as well listen, right? You know, it's stupid if you don't listen to your coach. And um, anyway, so she got my ass up earlier and and it's just been game changer because I mean, I feel bad, like, cause I'd be passed out at two and then my daughter would be like pulling me off the couch. Mom, can you take me to school? Like, you know, what kind of life is that? I'm supposed to be up making the breakfast and yeah, that's not what they got. So um, anyway, the, the morning routine is a thing. So if you don't have one, you should get one. And if you don't have time to do one, you should wake up earlier. Yeah, no, that, I, I love that. The, something else like about you, Wendy, is that you are incredibly, like from what I can observe, incredibly coachable, which I find interesting because you said that when you were, um, you were a girl, you, you, <laughs> you thought you were, were um, tough on your parents, but like, so how did, like, wh when, was that something where you, like, were you actually always coachable or, or was it something you developed later? And, and what's the shift and why is that you have it today? I think that um, I became coachable when I had a really big why for what I was doing and I wanted to get somewhere, right? So when, when I can't figure it out, why I'm not there yet, you know, because I'm a worker, you know, but sometimes working harder isn't always working smarter. So, so if someone can teach me how to do it better and get there faster, you know, or just get there in general, like I'm going to listen, um, you know, like I, I know, and I've had, I've had quite a few coaches, but, um, they're, it's just great. And I just love learning and growing. And, um, one of my coaches is Krista Mayshore. And uh, for those of you in real estate, you know, you should be doing video, right? And um, I was doing video, but it was freaking terrible. And and I wasn't like uh, marketing it correctly to where everybody was seeing it. So so I hired her and I do what she tells me because it's just like, you know, if you if you're not doing it, you are going to be left behind. It's just like the new AI coming out. Everybody's like, oh, AI is going to take over realtors. No, but realtors using AI is going to take over realtors not using AI, you know? So, um, you know, you just, this business is so crazy from what it was 20 years ago. And um, I mean, I love it because I love technology. You know, there's some people that are not loving it at all and they're not embracing it and it, and they absolutely should, but you know, it's not, it's not going to be for everybody. And that's why a lot of people are leaving the business. So, um, but if you can embrace it and it's hard, but you know, it's either, you know, really hard now or really hard later. And so I choose to do the hard now and get it done. Do the hard now. Yeah. I, it's. I've had great coaches as well. Some of them have just been personal mentors, so people that I've met through um, through life. And uh, sometimes they'll just reach out and they're like, hey, do you want to go for coffee? And I've learned from them. And they're incredible business people and leaders. And I'm fortunate to have them in my life. And then other people that I've spent lots and lots and lots and lots of money to be coached by. And, um, and I personally, what I've discovered is that uh, it, it, I would get out what I put in. And, and it's a choice, like you said, like it's a choice to, to, to go in there with an open mind and say, I'm here to learn. So I may as well implement the things I'm learning, but also not just I'm here to learn, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually here to do the work to learn because a lot of times it's not that you're going to, it's not like the coach is going to like be with you 24 hours. They might provide content that you can then learn from, but you need to go and actually watch the content, read the books, um, implemented in your business, bring it back. And then that becomes, you know, what, what can we like in the next session, like let's learn from that or, or however the, the coaching program works. Some, some are more, um, are, are different. And I remember I went to this one coach, amazing coach, like probably one of the best coaches I've ever been a part of first month in the program. And a guy comes up to me and, uh, we're in the U S we're at an event and he's like, uh, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about pulling out. I'm like, why? He's like, I just haven't seen the ROI. And I was like, you're only gonna get out what you put in. Like, 
if if we go into coaching of any sort and and it's about us all the time like they're not putting enough into me they're not you know it's that's guaranteed to not work right because that means i'm not working whereas if i go in just saying you know i'm here to learn i'm excited the materials are available to me i'm going to make an effort to get it to myself and my team and i'm going to keep myself accountable i think that that works really really well but i was not always coachable growing up and so I'm curious, I was curious about your Isn't journey that in that too. Yeah, I know. And yeah, and it's funny now that, and now I'm coaching. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coaching people and it's just like, but it's, and when they don't listen, it's like, oh yeah, I was that person. I didn't listen either a lot of times. But I think it's, it's tying it into that why right, like you exactly. were describing. I, exactly. I know my assistant, when we were doing 75 hard, she's like, you're just stronger than me. And I'm like, no, my why is stronger than yours. You know, <laughs> that's all there is to it. It's not that I'm stronger than you. It's my why is stronger than yours. So, um, but yeah, that's just, that's just crazy. I know coach coaching is great. And, and I, I actually really like it. It, the hardest part is like, I have, you know, agents all over the country, which is awesome. But not all of them raise their hand, you know? And it's just like, I want to reach out. I want to be there, da, 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 da. But Krista also told me, she's like, you need to help the people that are swimming toward you. You know, if you sit there and try to help all the people that are drowning, because remember how you said your mindset going in was, I'm excited to learn this and I'm excited to do this and I'm going to, you know, crush this. Well, a lot of people don't have that, you know, and, and they're just going to be negative and they're going to drown and they're going to get a real job and, or a real job. That's so funny. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, 95 job, clocking in, clocking out. That's what I mean. Yeah. Be, be employed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. You're talking to a podcast of entrepreneurs. Everyone listening is unemployed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but yeah. So, and then if, yeah, if you are struggling, you just need to reach out and say, okay, this is where I'm stuck. Get me unstuck. Let's go. You know? And those are the people I'm helping now because it is, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's hard to try to help everybody when not everybody wants help. So so yeah no, that I, I agree with that and it's something i've been thinking about a little bit as well lately which is um there are people that are swimming towards us constantly and sometimes in a business sense it's it's potentially like somebody who you can do business with sometimes it's somebody who can you can partner with um and but it's not always the right time so sometimes people are like this happens to me personally, but like someone will be swimming towards um, me, so to speak, and they're excited. They're like, "Hey, let's do something. Let's collaborate. Let's let's do some joint venture thing." But the timing is not right. It's not that I don't want to do something with them. It's just that uh, you know the initiative or the quarterly uh, objective is something that's different. And maybe in about a year from now, it will make a ton of sense to work closely with that that individual on a different um, thing. And how do you? Like, what do you do in that circumstance? Do you just choose to focus? Like, do you work with them anyways? Or, or, yeah, how would you approach that? Yeah. Okay. So you're probably thinking of, you know, your 10x is easier than 2x and you need to focus on these two things. So these two things are what you're supposed to be focusing on. And that person asking you for something doesn't involve these two things, right? Is that... So, so you, Some, like, basically, yes. Yeah. So like if, if I have like an OKR, an objective, I've set it. Right. And uh, that's what we're pushing forward as a company, as an organization. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I definitely love, because I'm here, when people need help, I can point them in directions. We have so many resources. So I don't have to be the fix-it person all the time, you know? So we have tech support in the world. That's open 24 hours a day, five days a week. You pull a ticket, sit down, they'll hop in your computer and help you with anything. It doesn't even have to be related to EXP. So, you know, that's, that's amazing. So instead of me hopping in and trying to fix things, you know what I mean? Um, I could be like, Hey, you need to go here or, or, Hey, you need to hop in the world. Um, 
we have an agent, um, um, I don't remember, expert care. It's called expert care. And you can hop in there and they're open seven days a week. You know what I mean? And they're there to answer agent questions all day long, you know? So, so I, I love, and obviously if you're going to grow big, you need that. You know what I mean? So you need more people to be able to help those people that are swimming toward you. So, um, so I love that I have all of that. Plus my assistant, she's pretty good at almost everything on the, on the transactional side. So she can always hop in on a zoom with them, you know, if I can't, but I just kind of feel like I have this, this huge team now, you know, instead of just me running my brokerage, always being the one to try to, you know, be different and think outside the box and show my agents the coolest tools and the newest things. And now I have a whole team doing that for them. So I kind of feel like if there's someone swimming toward me, we're going to be able to take care of them. I love that. So, so you're, you're essentially using all the resources that are available to you uh, through organizations around you. Yes. And th- that, that's really cool. That, that actually kind of answered my question and then some. So I, I've actually thought of some solutions to, to that through that. Now, one of the other things that you talked about, which I think is, is important, is that not everybody's going to come with a really healthy mindset. And who we surround ourselves with matters. And I think it matters to certain personalities even more so than others. So if, if you're really like a people person, who you surround yourself with, I think it matters even more because we're all influenced in a certain way by the people we're around. And uh, if, if we can put ourselves around people who are also 10x individuals in the sense that they are setting, you know, exciting goals that are inspiring, not just themselves, but inspiring the people around them. That's why I love hanging out with people like Marcus. Like he's, oh, he's, he's always got a personal 10x goal. It's like fitness goal or some other goal. He's got a goal for like the best marriage. And, you know, he's, just, he's always setting these big goals. The and I love kids. it. And <laughs> Yeah, the most kids. Um, hey, why don't we like, uh, you know, Go and uh, travel, travel the U.S. in a, uh, a like a trailer with four kids, a wife, a dog, and <laughs> and then go to Hawaii for six months, and all while building business. Like like why not? Like just go 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 big, right? And so that's that's Marcus, but he's uh, he's very. Um, but anyways, I love being around him because he's got such an amazing um, way of of embracing outcomes and goals. Now. So what I've learned is is that it's so so good to have some sort of filter in the front there because, like you said, some people are going to come and they're going to need a lot of help, but they're people who need help people. Right. And what they really need to do is they need to go on a journey of learning how they can really help themselves, and um, and part of helping themselves is learning how to get the resources that they need. And so it's, it's sometimes that's it, right? It's like okay, here's here's a bunch of resources that are available to you. Who would you like me to direct you to? That, that's that's obviously very important. Um, but then also, I think even as we build our clientele, and I think this is true in real estate as well, there's probably a, a, a tendency to want to serve everybody because there's a there's a listing or a uh, you know a home on the other end of that. But not everybody, I'm, I'm assuming, not everybody is necessarily the right fit because you might serve somebody, um, but the amount of of time or resources or energy you could otherwise have served ten different people with right even just the emotional energy right because it's like you want to wake up energized in the morning so how have you dealt through that uh from like attracting the right tribe like your clients and then maybe even like yeah start there well and it's funny because um you know when you're first getting started oh yeah heck yeah you're gonna work with anybody and anything that says your name (laughs) you know what i mean but they're like, oh, we get out because you don't take anybody. But, and, and it probably took about five years into the business to where I could be like picking and choosing, you know, like if you're going to be an asshole, you're going to be working with someone else. And guess what? I have this awesome agent that you could totally work with and I'll send you over to her. Not that I would do that, but anyway, um, but, but yeah, so it does take a minute because, you know, the whole key is not being tied to the outcome. If you're tied to the outcome, which is what your commission, right? You're paying bills, right? Then you just don't work good um, at all. 
because you're working for the wrong reasons. You're, you're supposed to be, when you put your clients before your paycheck, your, your business will like explode, explode, you know? And so when, when agents joined me at my brokerage, that was, that was one of the questions I asked. And I'm like, okay, well, let's say, you know, this happens in the middle of a transaction and your clients are devastated because they've already decorated the home, you know, in their mind, you know, they're imagining their kids in their rooms, you know, and, um, you know, the appraisal falls short, you know, falls a little short and the seller refuses to, you know, reduce and the buyer doesn't have the money to come up with the difference. What do you do? You know, I 100% would take care of that and make it happen and close the deal. Like I am not starting over. They're not going to try to find a new house. I mean, obviously if it's a huge amount, then, you know, we're going to have to figure something out. But, you know, there's agents out there that it would be like a $250 home warranty or $400 home warranty or whatever. And they're like, no, never mind. We'll start over. We'll go to the next one. No way. Like they already love it. Let's make it happen for them. And so yeah, how much is, how much is your time worth to you? Right. And a lot of times they're going to be so frustrated. They won't even buy anything, right? They're going to keep renting because it's easier, right? So, um, you know, and, and some, some of the listing agents are like, no, if I don't work like that, you know, it's take it or leave it. You know, we have three other backup offers, you know, it's like, sometimes I'll be like, Hey, we split this with me. I really want to make, you know, this work for our clients. That's the way I work. And I've always been a giver and I've always made, you know, things happen because I want everybody to be happy. I mean, look at my property management nightmare. (laughs) I just want everybody to be happy. So those are, so Wendy, there's, there's like three things that I want to touch on that you touched on that I think is just so, so powerful if you understand this. So number one, like outcome attachment, the danger of outcome attachment, because what outcome attachment is, is it's an emotional tie, an emotional attachment that we've placed on something external that's outside of our control. So uh, if we have an um, uh, emotional attachment to a commission or even a client has an emotional attachment to a property, we can't control whether or not they have an emotional attachment, but we can do everything we can to make that happen. But if we have an emotional attachment to an outcome, what that does is it actually derails us from achieving the things that we want. And also it makes us so we can't, like um, we focus in and we sometimes we need to step back and focus out. And in, in order to do that, we need to detach from that emotional attachment to an outcome. And we just operate a lot better without that emotional attachment. Like you just described, right. like you said, you can, you serve people better. You, it's about them. It's not about, it's not about me. It's about. Right. You're making, you're making their dream come true. Right. Yes. And guess what? They're going to tell everybody that you made their dream come true. And they're going to tag you on Facebook and tell the world that you made their dream come true. And they're in this beautiful house. And thank you for making it happen, right? Guess guess what that's going to do? That is going to put you right up here. You know what I mean? And and you're just going to get so much more business for it. So I don't even, I don't even blink when it comes to stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, well, we're going to make this happen. It's still moving forward. Things don't fall apart <laughs> when when I'm in control. So let's do it, you know, and and it's fine. And I'm okay with it. And I just I like to attract those kind of agents. But um the thing is is that you know it's hard for them if they need that money, you know, if they need that paycheck, you know, it's hard for them to give up anything because uh they're not thinking bigger, you know, and it's it's all a mindset thing. So, so. Oh, it, it, it's so much. And, and so like when you make it about someone else, everything else that's right to do within business suddenly happens because it's, and, and you do the things that create loyalty, it creates referrals, it creates, it, it actually creates the, the, the amplified outcomes. And that, and so that like you touched on that, but that is such a game changer. If someone can understand it, because have you ever had something and you feel just absolutely crushed that it didn't happen. Well, that's because you had an emotional attachment to the outcome and there might've been another out, you know, it's like just, so that's number one. Number two is the thing you talked about, which is like, um, I, I would tie it to gratitude, but it's like you, you, you talked about like the selfless serving of others. Like you've always been a giving person. Sometimes 
I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I sure have. Um, you you give so it's it's one thing to give to someone who can never give back to you. You just do that anyways. It's kind of like giving to a person and they're like in a down and out situation. You just give to them. There's no expectation in return. Right. It's another thing when you give to somebody who has the ability to give back in return, but chooses not to. But then saying at that moment, okay, it's not about them. It's actually their character doesn't define my character. Their behavior doesn't define my behavior. I'm going to choose to operate in the world that, in the way that I believe is makes the world better, irregardless. And I think like when you do that, it's it's not about them. It really is not because it's actually it's so freeing to ourselves. It's freeing to our hearts. It's freeing to our energy. It's free because when we go through life in a way that's just like, and it takes a ton of mental work. It's not like that's easy to do, especially when you have given to somebody who doesn't reciprocate in in a, in a in a way where it would just be like otherwise totally normal. You know what I mean? Like we've all been there in these situations, but then choosing to give again the next time and the next time and the next time, that's basically saying it's like, I'm not, I'm not getting weighed down. And because of that, I wake up with energy in the morning and there's so many other people that are, are you know, that, that the relationships are going to create and develop and the outcomes will come from it. I think that's kind of tied to the same thing where it's like, if we, if we have an outcome that we're expecting and we get, we get tied to that outcome then it can become about the outcome. But if we just give without one, I think that creates that giving relationship. And then clients, like base business, like real quick, when I first did um, web design many years ago, um, I had a, a, a web design, web development um, company. It was called Crayons and Walls. And it was a super cool business. I loved it. And one day I calculated how much I was earning per hour and it was something like $3. And uh, <laughs> it was so little. And I was, I was, you know, I had a business of self-employed. I thought I was crushing it, but then I realized like how many hours I was putting in extra just because I wanted the project to be great for the client. Right. I wanted the project. And, and, and that I think, cause you talked about the fact in the beginning, you work with anybody that, that like anybody that swims towards you. Like if you can find a deal, like let's like work with them. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um, you're not pre approved. You know, like, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. No. And, <laughs> Totally. Right. And, and so it's the same thing. Like when I started my business, I had the same approach. I was like, I was going to build, I was going to be as good as I could on that project. And no matter how much I was earning, it wasn't about that. It was about them and being like, I just, I wanted to see them be really successful with it. I wanted it to be a great project for them. And as a result, I got referral after referral, after referral, after referral. And I think like, when I look back at it, that was the secret. And then, but then every project I did, it grew in size the amount that I got in return increased. And it was, you know what I mean? Like it just, it just happened naturally. And, um, and I feel like sometimes people want to get to the place where they're like, a, like hypothetically a world renowned architect where clients are paying them millions of dollars to design something that doesn't take them that long. And you know what I mean? But it's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with doing it the, exactly the opposite way, over serving, over delivering, um, without expectation and then watch what happens five years from now, 10 years from now, just like the investment just keeps snowballing um, because if it's a long-term thing. And then the other point you made, so you talked about generosity, you talked about the, and giving, and you talked about, um, you talked about attachments, the outcome. Uh, you said something else as well. And I thought, wow, that's so good. Like you, you said like three really powerful things in a short space of time. Um, it'll come back to me. Yeah. But, it's just all about, um, giving value. And, you know, um, Chris always says, serve, not sell, you know? So I, I love that, you know, because that's kind of how I feel like I am with not only, you know, with my clients, but with my family and tech Tuesday, you know, it's super fun for me to go on there and talk about tech and I'm not, you know, the smartest person ever, but I love tech. And if I don't know it, I bring people on that do know it so that I can learn more. And, um, you know, I just, it, we're almost at a thousand members now. And that's just so exciting. And it just started about a year and a half ago. And I just feel like you just keep giving value and people will keep coming, you know? So yeah, I'm going to recommend it will only, it'll only snowball, only explode. So, uh, Wendy, if, if you were to meet yourself, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what would you say to yourself then that you know now that you wish you knew then? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. 
I don't know. I, I was, be, I was being a mom back then, you know, so all, all of this, you know, I mean, yes, I worked and I was a mom, but probably to just, uh, stay, stay more positive, you know, um, because I had a lot of dark days, you know, don't we all? And, um, that would have been nice to know what I know right now about, you know, mindset and staying positive back then. So, you know, when, when you go through stuff, you know, all I knew was to pour myself into work. It's going to make me feel better. That That's all I knew, you know? So, um, and so that's what I did, but now it, it's, you know, I, I still love working, but it's, you know, for all the right reasons. So, um, so I wish I would have known that. I think I would have gotten through things a little bit better than I than I did. I mean, I think I got through things pretty okay. I'm still here, you know. My kids, they're amazing. 21 and 26. Like I did it. Like that, that right there is a huge accomplishment. Like they they haven't went to jail. They're not strung out on drugs. I'm super excited. They're not, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, they're okay. And and I must have done something right. You know, because I feel like I work way too much. They used to laugh and and say when I died, my gravestone was going to say, I'll be to heaven right after this email. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I am the worst mother ever. So um, anyway, so that, that was tough. That was tough trying to juggle. They were both in sports. I was at every game though, you know, um, but I had a huge support system. So anyway, but, um, I don't know everything that has happened to me happened for a reason and made me stronger and made me the person I am today. And there are absolutely no regrets. So awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy I, I, I love that. Yeah. Every, everything, everything's going to work out. Is it, yeah. it's like, that's yeah. Everything's going to work out. Fine. Like, everything's I, fine. I always say that. <laughs> I have shirts that say that. That's so good. I used to listen to a song it reminds me of, and I loved it. It was just like this one part of it where it was like, um, it was basically saying that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And I just, I loved it. I just, for whatever reason, it just, you know, feel, I, I love what, like listening to motivational videos on YouTube too. Yeah. Sometimes you put it on in the morning and it takes like five minutes of your day and you're just like, I can take the world. <laughs> oh my God. You and me both. You and me both. <laughs> I get so happy. Um, Wendy, I have loved this. This has been great. I, you know, what a what a special privilege I feel to get to hear a little bit more of your story. I know you've impacted the lives of countless people, and just by you know, you you do bring a certain um, optimism, but I also know that it's by choice, and that I think that choice, that intentionality, is is the part, partially the part that is so in- enthusiastic and um, and. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for a, a magnetic, but like catchy, like you, it's like easy to catch it from you. Like, it's like, yeah, yes. I want to live life in the same infectious. way. You are. Infectious. I have been, infectious. I have been told that, That's the infectious, word. you know, because when I start going, when I start doing my thing, everybody's like, Oh my gosh. I mean, and I just have so much energy. I have enough for everybody. I kind of feel like it. So, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, when I get on the call, I'm like, and I look at everybody and like, wow, they need some windy. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, this fun. has been fun. I know. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. This has been tons of fun. <laughs>